Welcome back to the Doggages Pod. This is episode number 131, Friday, March 3rd, 2023, 3-3-23, March Madness is here, baby! Our favorite time of the year has arrived, the best time on the entire sports calendar, in my opinion. There's really... There's only two like really hot times of the year in the sports world that late you know, October November period where you have um, you have pretty much everything going on NFL NBA NHL MLB playoffs college hoops is starting up and then you have right now that time period from pretty much right now until early April you know through the Masters but even into May with you know, NBA and NHL playoffs going on and you got your your, your uh, international soccer leagues are nearing the end of their season, you know, Champions League. But right now, like, we're really on the eve of of my favorite time of the year. The NCAA tournament, you got NBA, NHL seasons in full swing, MLB season's about to start, you got spring training there and all those new rule changes that they're going through. And the golf season's underway, too. You got the Players' Championship coming up soon, and of course the Masters the week after the Final Four. Ain't no better time of year, baby. Oh yeah, champagne, yeah! Before I dive in, if you're listening to this, the only thing I ask of you is to please rate and review the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts, even just a quick five-star rating right now as we're, as we're diving in. It's so huge just to help grow this podcast, get it out to more people who are interested in, in the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization, developments in the industry in general, and just learning how to become a, a sharper sports better. Any help you could do to spread the word is always very much appreciated. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. So college basketball conference tournaments are in full swing now. Not all of them have started, of course, as I record this on on Friday afternoon, March 3rd, but uh, they're really going to start getting going over this weekend and into early next week. And this is always historically, on on my end, my most profitable time of year. Uh, There's just there's so much surface area for the books to cover, and on college hoops, you know, in particular with you know college basketball, these conference tournaments, and there's so many opportunities out there in the market when you factor in you know team news, team matchups especially specific matchups between two teams in the tournament. And when you have some teams playing three, four, you know, even four days in a row and player injuries and those considerations and and how many minutes were played the day before, it really does create opportunities in the markets, especially if you're quick to snipe off line moves and especially in some of these smaller conference tournaments. So over the next few weeks, this podcast will be mostly focused on college hoops, as I tend to do here. Uh, In previous years, I've feel like it's been pretty good content on here for college basketball. The worst was back in 2020 when I literally did a conference uh, preview, t- conference tournament preview episode, breaking down each conference tournament, and then uh, they didn't play any of the games. That that really sucked. So um, I'm not going to do that type of deep dive this year in every conference tournament like I've done in, in the past years, but we'll still focus on process, on covering some hidden value on the betting boards as, as things really heat up here um, at the beginning of March. But in this episode, I'm going to talk about something that really it drives me nuts sometimes, and and that's the concept of betting splits and the way that they're reported, uh, more importantly. You hear about them all the time. You know, 73% of bets are on Team A and 48% of the money is on you know, Team B. And especially now from, you know, from new regulated books here in the U.S. looking to provide betting percentages, you know, you see it out there and information as a piece of content, you know, in order to drive more attention to their book. Uh, you hear a lot about it, but it's betting splits have always been prevalent in the betting industry. And I'm going to start here by saying, you know, not all betting splits, it's not all bad. There is, there's certainly value to be found at times from betting splits, but I'm going to explain why though, in most, in almost all cases, the way it's reported on right now, what you hear on betting splits is, is really largely a complete waste of time and can even be misleading. 
And a lot of the talking heads and so-called quote-unquote gambling experts in the space, they put some of this information out there like it's supposed to be a valuable piece to add to your handicap. But I'm about to explain why that is not the case. And then I'll close out this shorter episode of the Doggy Juice Pod with a few betting nuggets for college basketball conference tournaments. Let's get to it. One of my favorite things about sports betting in general is that everyone's journey in sports betting is completely unique and different. And let me explain that. I've always said on this podcast that if you're serious about sports betting in the long run, you need to come at it from a market point of view, so to speak. And price is all that truly matters in this game, in the short run and the long run. And you're going to have to be comfortable and able to overcome that short-term variance. And you're going to have to respect the market aspect of sports betting in order to do this. There's so much that goes into that. I'm really generalizing there. Um, and, you know, the whole notion of Joe's bet teams, pros bet numbers, it's true. But at the end of the day, you really have to get a feel for the betting markets in general and, and really treat the market with respect. And I always like to say that each day, if you view it this way, each day putting the best possible betting portfolio together with as many plus EV bets as possible, um, that's that's the way to do it. And oftentimes the best bets you don't make are the ones, or sorry, the best bets that you do make are the ones you don't make, if that makes sense. It's better to not lose 110 than it is to win 100, you know, when you're laying minus 110. So that should be your baseline. Is why you know, Your baseline should be not playing anything, and you have to look at reasons to actually make a play. But um, the idea of treating your betting like a portfolio, you know, that notion of, you know, in a constantly evolving portfolio too, it's a good concept to get behind in order to view this thing uh, within, with the right, the right lens. And continually betting small edges over time and making those edges a part of your portfolio each day is going to yield positive results in the long run. You know, you're not going to get rich quick in this game unless you're looking to just make a long shot parlay and hit that. And good luck if you're looking to do that. But if you're looking to do this in the long term, taking that viewpoint, you know, of, of just taking advantage of those small edges over time, building a portfolio each day, and then just seeing that play out over time is, is the way to, in general, go about it. Now, with that in mind, tying this into what I said at the beginning about everyone's journey being completely unique and different, that's completely true when you think about it. No person is going to have the exact same permutation of bets that, that you're going to have, even on any one given day. You know, maybe you have two to three plays today and two to three more tomorrow, but there won't be many people out there who have those exact plays as you on both of those days. And extrapolate that out even further, and you're talking about you know, hitting the lotto type of odds on someone having the exact same you know, eight, nine, ten plays as you over a certain period of time, like over a ten-day period. And if you're, even if you're tailing someone, you know, if you're, if you're just like, or if you're in a group and you're betting with a group, it's highly doubtful that you're doing that for the exact same amounts at the exact same sports books at the exact same, you know, the exact same dollar amount. And your string of bets on any given day, really, how much you bet and where you make those bets is completely unique to you. No one's going to have the same betting. Uh, portfolio as you over, you know, over the long haul, especially even even in a short term of you know like a week, especially like in a month. And in that sense, your journey itself is completely unique in, in doing this, and that's really cool to think about. And when you really when you really think about it, so your goal every day should be to put together the very best portfolio that you possibly can to keep grinding every day to do just that. And if you do it right, you stick to your bankroll, you stake your bets appropriately. You know, you don't overbet anything. And you have as many outs as you can, and you do so with plus EV or you know theoretical plus EV wagers. The results will show over time. Now, a lot of people out there think that one of the best tools they can use in their arsenal is to take a look at betting splits at sports books, and oftentimes those splits are reported by 
they're reported on by a representative of the sportsbook itself, which honestly should make you a bit skeptical to begin with. But, but better see, you know, that you know, 75% of the bets are on the favorite, and they might think that there might be value on the dog by contrarian in their minds, or they see the common you know, sharp square divide with you know, more bets on a certain team, but more money on the other team. They think that maybe there's value in backing uh, one of those sides, or even even the notion of reverse line movement. Like for example, you, you know, UCLA is playing USC. Uh, a book reports that 75% of the bets are on UCLA, but 55% of the money is on USC, or, or even you know the majority of bets and, and money is on a certain team, but the line goes the other way, and you think it's reverse line movement. You may want to conclude that all, you know, you know, all of that square, smaller, 10 to $20 bettors, they're, they're the ones that are on the public side, but the real money's on the other side. There's a lot of ways you could think about it, but this type of thinking can get you in trouble. And here's why. First of all, when paying attention to betting splits at a particular sports book, you know any given sports book, but uh, you have to consider the book itself. Is it a sharp book or a square book? And 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 really, <laughs> for the most part, you don't hear about these betting splits at sharp books. You you wonder why, but um, most likely though, it's coming from a regulated book here in the U.S. That and and most likely that's res- that book is restricting winning betters from getting down on their site. So how can you possibly put any credence into betting splits at a book that won't even let sharp betters, even semi sharp or respected betters, uh, get down at that? at that site and, and uh, you know at that book and and it's a book that mainly takes square action like take betmgm for example which is notorious for limiting betters really anyone with a pulse i mean i can't get down more than ten dollars on there in college basketball right now um but for some reason they like to report betmgm on, on their betting splits and you see this uh, pretty regularly but how can those betting splits have any relevance if they shut you down for showing you have a pulse and, and they mgm's made it clear that they only want to take square action so you should just be skeptical right off the bat when you're hearing that it's coming from a, a book that, that doesn't take any money, any real money, uh, or have high limits or um, high enough limits or, or take any sort of respective money. And that's unfortunately the majority of, of regulated sports books here in the U.S. But taking things a step further, and this is what really matters in my opinion and why betting splits in general just shouldn't be trusted at all, it's that betting splits, as they are commonly reported, don't take into account the number that those bets are coming in on the price that those bets are coming in on. So how can the betting percentages being reported on, uh, you know, either side of a bet be useful when you don't know the price that those bets came in on, and whether or not the line moved in relation to a portion of all or, or, or all of those bets at a particular time? So, you know, for any game out there, you know, on my end, and this this should be true for you too. For any game out there, for the most part, there's a price that you're going to take on either side. That's why you know people ask who you like. In, in a game, you should ask, well, what's your line? You know, so how is this even useful, though? If, you know, if I don't know what number, and you know, books, books that are reporting their betting splits, how is any of this useful if I don't know the number the bets or, or the money are coming in on? You know, if anything, this can likely only be more misleading than providing any value whatsoever. So, for example, putting an example for a game that tips off tonight, as I record this on Friday, in the Missouri Valley, uh, you're Southern Illinois against Missouri State. And it would be very useful to know that a certain amount of money came in on Southern Illinois, minus one and a half, minus two, and and then how much came in on the other side if the line moved up to minus three. But we don't get that information. The line's three right now as I record this, by the way, by the way, consensus, but it was, you know, one and a half and two, and you saw the line tick up today. But we didn't get that information from the books, you know, how much came in at, at a certain price and how much came in at the other price. 
uh, you're you're not getting that level of information. So it's very misleading to hear you know read those oh you know X percentage is on is on the the Salukis tonight, and you see the lines at minus three. But how much of it was at minus one and a half? How much of it was at minus two? And you know it's more more likely than not that respected money did move that line up, and it would be very useful. But instead, you're just seeing the lines at minus three. You're seeing X percent that you know is on the Salukis, and then you conclude you know it's just reasonable to conclude that it came in at minus three. You know for for especially for a novice better when they're looking at something like this, um, and that could be very misleading. And then they're maybe even conclude that. You know, that there's value on the Salukis at minus three when they could have had one and a half or two. I'm not saying there's not value on the Salukis at, at three. More on that one in a little bit, because I actually have, I like them tonight. But but that stuff can be misleading, you know, to think that any or all of the bets and or money came in at at Southern Illinois at minus three when in reality a good chunk of it, especially respected money, came in at a lower number. It's fun to talk about betting splits. It's the type of content that does sell. I hear a lot of people talking about it, but when it comes to betting splits, for the most part, almost without exception, you should let that stuff go in one ear and out the other. So conference tournament season is here. We're going to have wall-to-wall hoops for the most part over the next 10 days until Selection Sunday rolls around next Sunday. And the opportunities out there are going to be boundless. One important concept I'd like to touch on at this time of year and I've touched on in previous Doggy Juice Pod episodes, is the money line rollover strategy. A lot of you already know about this, but um, many people out there are going to want to bet on a tournament future. This really goes for for the big dance as well. Once it rolls around, you know they're going to want to win. They're gonna, people are inclined to want to bet on on a team to win their whole conference tournament. It makes sense. Sometimes you get a nice plus money payout, but almost always, someone looking to do that can make more money by taking that same amount that they're going to bet on the future and instead betting it on the money line on the team they're looking to back and then rolling that money over with each passing game. Obviously if you're starting with the same amount and then they bow out early, it's going to have the same effect. You're going to be down your, you know, your initial stake amount. Um, but there's so many benefits to doing this. For starters, the books just have a higher hold percentage on their on their futures odds in general, and you just have, that's something you have to just take at a, at a baseline. Not to say there's not value out there in the futures markets; that's far from the truth. But in general, the hold percentages are such that most of the futures out there are not going to be a fair payout um, at all. And when you do win it, you're not going to get the amount that you really should uh, for hitting it. And do that in the long run, and uh, you're going to be losing. But Instead, if you're looking to, to do this, there's so many benefits to doing the money line rollover strategy. And the biggest one is you can shop around for the best price book to book, especially with so many sports books out there um, that are booking bets. You can shop for the best money line with every game on, on, on the team you're looking to back you know, with, the, with your money. You're not tied to, to one sports book. And the other thing is you can get out of the bet whenever you want to. You know, maybe you don't like the line in the championship game, but your team made it and you can uh, you can just keep your winnings from there. And, and maybe those winnings are already about, they're pretty similar to what you would have won anyway if they won the whole thing. But at the end of the day, you're able to get out whenever you want to it there and, and uh, you could, you know, play a portion of your bet or maybe you're even in a situation where you can uh, you know, play both sides. You have a future and then they're favored in the championship and, and you, um, you want to play the money line, and then you're able to find like a better spread. Not to say that's a good move, but you know there's so many more ways to go about it, and you provide yourself with just a lot more flexibility by doing the money line rollover. But the main reason you should want to do it is simply for the fact that you're going to make more money if you know the the result occurs, and you need them to win. If you're making the future, you need them to win <laughs> in order to to cash. Um, but it just gives you a lot more leeway there doing the money line rollover. And I'm planning to do just that with the aforementioned earlier Southern Illinois Salukis. Um, as I mentioned, the, the line did come up a little bit. We saw some money uh, come in on them, move move the, the line up to consensus three as I record this. But the money line, which matters for the money line rollover, you could still find a minus 
minus 150 on DraftKings as I record this on Friday afternoon. Um, even the, the Camby books, if you're able to get down there, uh, minus 148. Uh, but relatively good prices there um, relative to the sharper books as I record this. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I like this. And, and you know, the Saluki has been really strong this year um, in, in a relatively tough conference, you know, for, for a smaller conference in the Missouri Valley. Um, and Arch Madness is just the best. It's my, one of my favorite conference tournaments. But um, a lot of reasons to like this. Coach Brian Mullins for the Salukis, I've mentioned him in previous years on, on the podcast. Uh, he's from the same neck of the woods as me out in the western suburbs of Chicago. He's actually on my, my fourth grade travel team. Um, guy's incredibly nice and, and really sharp, of course. And th- I promise you that's not the reason why I'm looking to back them, though. But Mullins was a huge part, though, of, of Loyola's, Loyola Chicago's legendary Final Four run you know, with Sister Jean. And then he moved over uh, to Southern Illinois. He's been this is um, he's been there for a few years now, so he's able to get his guys in and really turn that program around. There, they have the same defensive intensity that you saw on those Loyola teams. They're going to be a really tough out in this tournament. They do have a tough draw, and it's it's going to be a, a tough first game. Uh, so obviously, manage your bankroll accordingly. But um, but I do I do like uh, Southern Illinois on the money line rollover, and and like I said, you know if I don't like the price as it continues to go, if they do win that first game and the next one, I, I can get out at, you know at any time, and um, and it will be tough. There's there's really uh, it's a tough draw for them. Like Bradley's a really strong team, and um, so it's uh, and, and there's other strong teams, of course, in, in the Missouri Valley. But that's the look for me: Southern Illinois on the money line rollover, at least uh, getting that into play uh, on Friday night. And Arch Madness, you know, low key, one of the best conference tournaments out there. Say for you know the Big East, and I also enjoy the the Big Ten tournament, which comes here to Chicago. Go Hawkeyes! But if you're looking to bet on these tournaments in general, make sure you pay attention to the line moves and the, you know, the opening numbers. It's good to have the whole story um, as, as part of your arsenal when you're going through some of the, you know, the day-to-day handicapping during conference tournament season. And it's also good, you know, perhaps to focus in and hone in on just one or two conferences with this thing. Read up on the team news, make note of the injuries, you know, the minutes played uh, that might not be accounted for when books have to rush to put up a new line on a game the very next day, you know, that, that same night or the, the next morning uh, for a game that's happening the very next day. I mean, there's just a lot of scheduling quirks that, that come up in conference tournament play. And really, it's a matchup. Matchups become increasingly important, especially when you know, it becomes more of a half-court type of game and teams are looking to slow it down. You have, you know, your longer TV time. Out. So this is a lot of that really applies more to the big dance, but it does apply in a way to conference tournament season as well. So, so we talk. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening, please rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, even that quick five-star rating takes 10 15 seconds you can fast with that really goes a long way into helping me out so anything to help spread the word and the love of the doggy juice pod it's very much appreciated i mentioned this in last week's pod but i had the pleasure of sitting down with friend of the pod matt landis on the props and hops podcast last week we actually turned it into a two-part episode um, first part, break down the developments, latest developments in, in uh, sports betting legalization. The second part that, uh, that came out this week um, really dives more into the top-down, uh, top bottom-up approach, those, the differences in, in those two approaches and how I've kind of changed my approach to more of, uh, more focusing on the top-down over the past 10 months, um, which was the subject of, of this podcast last week as well. Uh, but definitely check that out, Props and Hops, uh, fantastic the podcast to add to your arsenal anyway. Next week, uh, just in a few days, actually, I'm going to be sitting down for my annual Oscars uh, sit-down interview with Hollywood Craig out in L.A. to take a look uh, at the Academy Awards and the betting markets for the Oscars. And more states here in the U.S. are, are letting you bet on these. Academy Awards are on 
Selection Sunday, uh, March 12th this year. So right in the thick of March Madness. But this is going to be the fifth year in a row that Hollywood Craig and I sit down and we'll be doing this. And um, he always provides great insight. So uh, we'll, we'll come at you with a nice quick episode there uh, early next week. And um, of course, that comes right during March Madness, but we're going to fit everything in. And of course, I will also be back soon with, with more college basketball betting nuggets as we really hit home into March Madness. All right, everyone, enjoy the games this weekend. Good luck on your action. Talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice out.